Hi, and welcome to the Delta Dialogue. In this podcast, we talk about open data, open medical data and AI from above and beyond and explore its implications to our world. On this episode on the Delta Dialogue, um, we will explore the intersection of AI and mental health. I'm your host, Emir Mustafa. I am joined today by my co-host and commentator, David Wood, and our guest speaker, Disha Ganguly. Uh, she is a writer, analyst, educator, and child psychologist. Over the years, she has cultivated a strong interest in technology and now specializes in AI and big data. Her articles have been published in virtual magazines such as uh, Analytics Insights and Industry Wired. Uh, is ADHD also very stigmatized, especially for adults in, uh, in, in the UK? Or I think there's a greater tolerance of what we sometimes call neurodiversity. It used to be that people had to behave in a certain standard way, and if they didn't, it was unacceptable. There's more appreciation that people aren't all thinking in the same way. And I think there is more appreciation here in the United Kingdom that there is an issue if children are too hyperactive. Yes, ordinary naughtiness is an issue, an issue that parents will manage in their own way, whereas there's extra uh, issues. And there's a variety of uh, mental issues that could be uh, case when children can't speak clearly, they get a stammer because, again, of uh, developing problems with the mental brain. Well, parents are more able to talk about that since there's been more education, and I would like to hope that in other parts of the world that knowledge will be spread around too. After all, we typically don't scorn people if they have a physical ailment. You know, if they have an accident and they have their arm in a sling, we don't... Uh, if it's really an accident and not their fault, we don't we don't laugh at them behind their back and say, strange person, foolish person, substandard person. We sort of sympathetic on the whole. It should be the same when there is some mental issue that's been caused. Again, if it's not our own fault, but if it's something that's been picked up from the environment, from traumatic experiences, then with that understanding, with that mutual support, we're much better placed to help each other and celebrate diversity in our different attitudes where that's appropriate. But in other cases, to uh, recognize that some treatment may be necessary and that the treatment isn't a shocking thing, it's a necessary thing. You know, when people need to get glasses, it's not a matter of embarrassment, it's just something that happens to more and more people because of the world in which we live and because we all read a lot when we're young and we end up needing glasses. That's not a thing to laugh at. So I would hope that will develop more. Uh, Disha, is it, uh, have you been traveling to different parts of India? Are there yes. changes in that vast subcontinent? Yes, I was about to mention this, that our, my country is multi-layered, where one layer exactly follows what you just mentioned, that uh, having a disorder is normal, it can be cured, it can be treated. This is one layer, one side of India. Another side of India is having kids who are not getting meals and are dying. It's not getting proper nutrition. So there needs to be a balance. And yes, I will, um, I have stated it multiple times in my articles. I'll say it again. The government needs to watch over it. Because we yeah. all agree that without proper nutrition, 
Okay, let's take, for example, the developers of AI. They are applying their brains in developing such an amazing technology that is slowly winning, conquering the world. But then, without proper nutrition, without proper sleep, without proper amenities, how an individual is supposed to function? How an individual's cognition is supposed to function? So the basics are very much compromised in one part of India, whereas on the other part, it's very much there. And then there is this third layer in between these two where we belong the middle class. Okay. We are just struggling. Sometimes there are good days for us and sometimes there are bad days for us. That's all. That's how it works. <laughs> and you were asking that the politicians need to pay attention to this. They need to watch yes. out for it. What is it you think of the special responsibility of politicians here that goes beyond the responsibility of parents or educators or neighbors or businesses? Special responsibilities, they should first make sure that the taxes that we are paying make the public facilities available to the citizens of the country. There are many people, I am too a sufferer of this, that on many days, we don't get the public facilities, the basic facilities of water supply, electric supply, food, transport. These are compromised. So they have to start working from scratch. How are the parents in India supposed to make their children happy if they are not happy themselves? They reflect their frustrations on their children. Coming back to that topic, I remember growing up in Holland is it was uh, actually um, sometimes even when someone was just hyperactive just because they were having fun or something else. What used to happen was children would say, oh, do you have ADHD? Why are you acting like that? And even at that age, there was like this uh, this link towards hyperactivity and, and ADHD and um, even uh, growing up uh, in, in high school, I remember meeting people that were a little bit hyperactive. And then in the beginning, they would say, oh, I'm sorry, but, um, well, I do have ADHD, so <laughs> excuse my behavior. So I, I do believe that there is, um, there is obviously a, a more needed conversation around the topic of this mental uh, illness. To be honest... There needs to be a lot of conversation about all mental illnesses because there are also people that, that don't believe simply in mental illnesses. It's, it's, it's a very interesting uh, topic. But uh, moving on to, uh, to AI and ADHD, the use of AI in diagnosing and treating ADHD, is, especially this, is something new. Could you give, uh, Disha, could you give some examples on, uh, how, of how AI is aiding in this process and why it's actually effective so like i said that um, ai can be a helping hand for the mental health professionals as ai uh, can track big data uh, multiple data and um, there is also this mention of nlp natural language processing where that can actually help the patients to articulate their thoughts and you know help them putting their thoughts and perspectives uh, as a result of which the mental health professionals also can gain insights into the problem. I mean, uh, human brain is a critical juncture. It's never, I have learned it all, I know it all. It's 
every time it's i am learning more and more and i realize that i know so little so i mean ai can really help the mental health professionals and as a result of which the uh, patients can also be helped in that way i see and well the idea of personalized treatment plans for adhd sufferers is, is quite intriguing um how does ai play a role in tailoring treatments to individual patients and what benefit does this approach offer even even if adhd um is used as a generic term you mentioned adhd right or did i misheard you yeah i i did mention adhd yes so even if terms like depression adhd are used generally but i believe there are nuances to it uh so every human needs a different kind of treatment it's it's never one size fits all okay so when a person is visiting a mental health professional and the professional uh, symptoms of adhd but now after um, after realizing that this patient has symptoms of adhd now it gives the professional an opportunity to dig deep and understand the nuances okay so um in one of the adhd cases maybe the hyperactivity is the problem okay that can result in uh, you know lack of sleep and you know overthinking all of that whereas in uh, in another person only the lack of focus is the problem everything else is still fine so according to that a personalized treatment plan and providing the patients with a personalized treatment plan can make them feel empowered and when a person and my therapist has gone a mile extra to do this for me i think that's a big leap in the treatment of mental illnesses okay i think the issue is that many people as you say may have the same apparent symptoms but there can be quite different causes and the good therapist assisted often by tools like ai needs to distinguish what are the possible different causes in these two cases it's like we used to say somebody's got a fever now we realize that's not an an accurate explanation well they've got a fever but there can be many different causes of a fever or somebody may say they've got a sore back and somebody else may say well i had a sore back too and this is how i cured my sore back but the back's a very complicated thing Guess what? The mind's even more complicated, much, much more complicated than the back. So people can manifest in the same way and nevertheless have quite different patterns of thought, patterns of thinking, psychological causes, uh, neurological causes as well, environmental causes, dietary causes. So there's a richness in our analysis, which is going to require human knowledge, but it can certainly be assisted by good apps that are aware of these nuances and can guide the doctor, perhaps. Now I'll ask this question. Uh, you may still have multiple choices to explore further. That's my view and one of the ways in which AI could help deal with these sometimes very complex uh, mental issues or emotional issues that uh, we are all in various ways uh, held back by. Yes, thank you. I feel that with the integration of AI, 
we are also empowering the mental health professionals because in the end of the day even they are humans and they are allowed to have their bad days right just because they are mental health professionals doesn't mean that uh, they can't have their bad days they can't be frustrated so i have seen cases where even in my personal ex- by the end of the day i get a case of a child in school and i was just not in the mood to take it up i was failing to attend the child in that case both of us are suffering actually i'm failing to provide some help to the child the child needs it but is not getting it because i have reached my saturation point in such cases i think ai intervention is really really appreciated I think one more way in which AI can help is that AI can be up to date in a way that humans may not always be up to date. There may be some important new research findings. There might be some new treatments that are recommended. And of course, the human will read. They'll talk to their colleagues, but they may not be aware of something quite important that's applicable in a small minority of cases. And so the AI, again, should be able to prompt, ideally, the human therapist and say, Actually, this looks like a this special case. Uh, mm-hmm. Consider this. Ask these questions. Uh, suggest these treatments. Disha, in your article on anger management, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned that the use of AI for anger management differs from traditional therapy methods. Mm-hmm. Um, could you explain the key differences and why AI might be a better fit uh, for some cases? Okay, so in anger management, anger management, again, is a very complicated issue. Uh, When I talk about mental illnesses like ADHD, anger management, uh, the main concern that strikes me a lot is not being able to articulate my thoughts, okay? And that creates a lot of frustration in a human being. So in traditional practice, what I see that mental health professional still go with the Freudian practice of free association, which may not be very helpful because uh, it may happen that the patient is trying to convey his feelings or thoughts, but the therapist is failing to understand and the patient is slowly losing his or her temper. I mean, I have, while writing the article, I was researching, so I came across these cases where the patient has lost his temper and has broken things in the therapist's office itself okay so in case of ai i think ai will give instant feedbacks and when a person has anger issues they also have little patience these are correlated in such cases they need instant feedbacks so i think ai in such cases can uh, be of really good help because they can reply or get back to the patient promptly with accuracy and with exactly what they need at that point of time to be calmed down. And um, well, one thing I wanted to actually specifically ask is, is if you could elaborate on the downsides actually associated with traditional anger management mm-hmm. um, therapies and mobile applications as discussed in uh, uh, the article I mentioned before. Uh, Regarding the traditional uh, therapy methods, like I said, that it takes a lot of time. In any case, not just in 
anger management in in any kind of problem or mental illness it requires a lot of time which often times the patient refuse to put up with so can ai get to the result more quickly then rather than the traditional methods so that the patient has less to put up with before seeing some result is that what you've seen yes yes that's what i actually meant how can ai get the results more quickly that's uh, fascinating if it can be backed up hmm so with ai uh, again i was talking about headspace and all of that and if if again um for instant feedbacks if we have to resort to chat gpt also blue mugs also so for the time being the pri- uh, the preliminary being the patient has to be calmed down so um when a mental health professional is getting such a complicated case i think some researches can be done and the professional can be ready with his or her answer or management strategies beforehand because some kind of prior preparation is needed before any session um that the professional is planning to conduct with his or her patient so i am saying that ai can help the professional as a result of which again the patient will be receiving help interesting and uh, well one of the uh, another topic is that uh, your articles allude to ethical concerns and limitations um associated with ai and mental health can you delve into some of these concerns and how they might be addressed in the context of ai powered inter- uh, interventions okay so i keep talking about ethical concerns in my article so um i write my articles in the backdrop of backdrop of india so the hospitals in india uh, get crowds that are at all not familiar with artificial intelligence only the less that i was talking about only i think the first layer is familiar with it but the rest of the two layers are not so ethical concerns as in they don't we still don't believe in machines okay for us ai is still machine okay we still don't believe in machine we believe more in human intervention okay so we believe that machines will betray us technology will betray us but um and we are so used to being exposed to doctors who have been treating us traditionally who have been listening to us so all of a sudden now we can't accept the fact that no doctors Uh, have gotten busier cases have increased and uh, cases have grown more complicated so ai intervention is required for better treatment that's what i mean there is a gap of uh, trust as someone deeply immersed in the world of ai and mental health what advice would you offer to well people who are uh one step behind you that uh, that that want they are eager to make a difference in this field or are contemplating a career and where do you see those gaps that need to be filled all right so uh first and foremost for all my indian viewers i would say that you have to go beyond the books that's the first step 
you have to go beyond the books because the books will only teach you the traditional methods of treatment and you know dealing with people and um, you have to keep yourself updated with every latest technology that you have yes you can resort to um, platforms and conversational chatbots like chat gpt then blue marks then all of that but uh, they are not your i mean you should not be solely reliable on them because uh, you have to understand that the developers of these platforms are still working on them because they still have limitations and um, also on the other hand uh, you have to uh, uh, put your trust in AI and believe in its potential that yes, it can help you in your career. Uh, but yes, again, you have to keep yourself trained adequately and for the government, it has to make provisions for adequate training of individuals in such field because without that, there will be no exposure for us. When you say Disha, to go beyond the books because the books that are there are too much focused on traditional methods. Are you hmm. thinking of writing a book yourself that brings things up to date? Or might there be books from overseas that address some of these issues that might uh, be brought to the attention of people inside India? Okay, I'll be honest, I don't think I am patient enough to, you know, write a book. But uh, what I have started doing is I have opened my own page. So I write these short horror anecdotes on Instagram. That's what I have started like a week back. And there I often mention, make mentions of AI. Like I put a character who is passionate about AI. I put another character who is a psychologist and experiencing bizarre cases, which look paranormal, but actually aren't. Uh, so that's how I go about it. But writing a book right now, I don't think it's a hard nut to grab for me right now. I think the subject of emotional intelligence is incredibly important. It's because we're living in a world in which there is a faster pace of change. More people are afraid, as you said, Disha, that they will lose their jobs. If not immediately, then in the near future. There's a lot of fake information around which leaves people upset and emotionally distraught. So we have to manage our emotional well-being more carefully than ever before. It's always been an important thing but now it's even more important. So the first thing to do is to raise our awareness of emotional states. Hmm. Emotional intelligence starts by being aware of our own emotional states, including words that we may not have known before and the states of other people. And then there's controlling our own state and helping other people to control their states. And anything that wise use of AI can do to help that, I think might be incredibly useful because if we leave people in a emotionally impoverished state, they're likely to do bad things, bad yes. things in their own lives. They may affect other people's lives too. So I think what you're talking about is an incredibly important topic. And I don't think we've got it all worked out by any means. I think what you said is right. We are still at a comparatively early stage of figuring out how AI can be used by therapists, by clients, and by all of us educators to assist. So 
and look forward to seeing how your writing develops on this in the months and years ahead. Yes, actually, I will share an experience of mine right now that I'm facing. All of us are facing. Um, in my office right now, we design curriculum. Now, we believe that um, child a child is the curriculum. They should not be fitting into a curriculum set for them. We should be designing curriculum that can fit the children that we are dealing with. Now, again, we get some specially able children, all right, uh, who are not able to learn, okay, as we expect them to. In that case, even our director was sharing her um, opinion on this, that uh, it would have been nice to have a technologically advanced office where we could have designed curriculums. AI could have done it for us. Okay, because in our belief, we believe that AI would have been able to understand that child better if we, you know, with the assistance of AI could have designed such a curriculum for such children because even schools struggle a lot with such children and they are lagging behind. And we are still at a loss that how to undo it. So, yes. It's said sometimes we have to move from a curriculum of the three R's to the five C's. You know, three R's is a bad joke in English. You have to focus on reading, writing and arithmetic, arithmetic. And these things are, of course, still useful, but much more important now are the people say the five C's, creativity, collaboration, compassion, caring and consciousness. You know, understanding the basis for our conscious experience, understanding how to be collaborative, understanding how to be creative. So I think curricula around the world are in a state of some crisis because they are aware they're not quite adequate. And the work that you're doing to help redesign the curricula, again, I think that's a very important piece of uh, research and endeavor. Thank you for listening to the Delta Dialogue. This episode is brought to you by the UN a tech community focused on artificial intelligence in healthcare, machine learning, and related disciplines. I am Amir Mustafa, and see you next time.